Welcome to the College Football Bros. It's despicable. The narcissist in him. Some people think they're God. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We had two more schools enter the coaching carousel this week. Most surprisingly is Wisconsin firing Paul Christ. What was your guys' reaction to that? Uh, what candidates do you like? What do you think, Trey? I mean, the, the firing so far this year hadn't been very surprising uh, until this one. And then once Illinois came in, former Badger coach Brett Bielema just stomped Wisconsin and Madison. You started to say, see, okay, maybe Chris is getting on the hot seat, but man, that was that was a shocker. And, but since if you look at it as, as a team, since the 2019 season when they, they barely lost the Rose Bowl, they've had some regression. Three conference losses each year, started 0-2 in conference this year, plus a home loss to Washington State. And and you look at the, the team over the last couple of years, you know, they've had obviously a great offensive line, good run game, but he just couldn't really develop a quarterback. You know, Hornybrook, Cone, now Mertz, no one really truly scared a defense. Uh the new offensive coaches this year they brought in Ingram just didn't help. So overall, I think in my opinion, uh part of this had to do with them having Jim Leonard on staff and with new jobs opening up, they didn't want to potentially risk losing him. Yeah, so it sounds like you think they're definitely going after Jim Leonard there. Uh, Could. Possibility. Good. Looks like Good. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would I would say he's the odds-on favorite right now to me. Yeah. Um, you could, obviously, Lance Leipold, I think, is the one at, at Kansas who's having an unbelievable year there and yeah. is a Wisconsin guy, coached at Wisconsin Whitewater. So he seems like the obvious other candidate. And that wouldn't surprise me, but I would predict Jim Leonard. Right. Well, back to the the my initial reaction here from the firing. I, you know, uh, maybe I'm in the minority. It sounds like it from a lot of folks. It, I think it was the right move. Um, if you had looked, I mean, just just take a peek, man. They're not the same team they were. This is not anywhere near the Wisconsin type level we've come, you know been accustomed to the last almost two decades. Well, I guess two decades now. So um, it was trending in the wrong direction. They had three games this year where they just were very poor results. A home loss to Wazoo where their big favorites got smoked, not even close at at Ohio State, and then of course this demolishing of by Illinois. So that that's not a, that's not just that's not just happenstance. That's not just bad luck. That's just sign of a bad team. So you know I don't think Paul Christ was just some amazing coach. I think he was kind of took over a good good sturdy steady level program, took advantage of it, and I think they're just saying hey we're not we don't like the way this is going. Future's not bright make a move i agree with you i none of us were ever really super high on paul christ and i know when in our head coach big 10 rankings episodes wisconsin fans generally would would point that out that we were too low on him but we just i don't know i i I think you kind of said it right there um but but still i expected him to have a much longer leash than this because he did accomplish great things at the beginning of his tenure and really this is the first year that's like bad other than i guess the covid year but they still had a winning record i think like four and three it's not like they were poor and that's not including non-conference games so they that's like an eight and four ish type team or something right right so then i guess this year's first that was bad and and it wasn't we're only five weeks in so i'm just i'm surprised that it that it happened this quickly because usually coaches that have had as much success as him 
especially at a place like Wisconsin, it just doesn't seem like a Wisconsin move to fire a coach, I guess, so relatively fast. quickly. Because um, you look at like Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, he had a period in the yeah. middle there where they could have fired him and he went four and eight. They stuck with him and obviously saw that worked out great. Gary Patterson in 2012 and 2013 had a couple of down years at TCU that went four and eight one year. Now he had, I mean, he was a little bit more unta- back for a untouchable while. Than, than Paul Chris. Yeah. And he, he did. He bounced yeah. back. He had some great years after that. I, I just, I don't think Paul Christ is as good as those guys, though. So I'm I'm okay with it. I, I and he I did, did. he didn't raise Wisconsin. Wisconsin was already there, you know. So he didn't make them a perennial power, right? But candidates, who else? We got Jim Leonard and Lance Leipold. Those are the two obvious names. Um, who do you who yeah. do you prefer? I'd prefer Leipold just because he's a proven head coach. Um, I mean, look what he's done at Kansas. I know it's only five games, but that's impressive. It's, Heck, did a great job at Buffalo. Two really hard jobs, and he's just a proven winner, man. Yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah, a proven head coach because with a uh, a first time head coach, you never know. I know at Wisconsin, they I'm sure they love Jim Leonard and they've seen him up mm-hmm. close. So so maybe they they think he's the guy, but I don't know. You just you just never know. Uh, Jimmy Lake at Washington. We yeah. We, we always bring We're his name up him whenever you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Whenever you bring up you hire a coordinator, they felt great about him, and it didn't work How out. About Marcus and Freeman now. I was just mm-hmm. gonna say Marcus Freeman. Now he could still work out Early. great, but you see right. that there can be growing pains right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it is crazy that if it's not Leonard, Nebraska and Wisconsin's list seems almost identical. Uh, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see if they don't go the Leonard route. It'll be interesting to see the kind of the war. What if- between what if Nebraska Brett and leads Illinois to the Big Ten West title. No like, way, he's not going back. <laughs> <laughs> not to maybe not to necessarily Wisconsin, but to some other job that's like Nebraska. <laughs> He'd be. Oh, I, would, I, I, I he needs would to go. Hate, he needs to win out it. for me to feel good about that. Like not, you know, he's doing a good it. job. I would not. He's gonna, <laughs> I don't, I'm not. I don't get the. I think he's a pretty good coach still. I, yeah. I, I think Bielema does a solid job. Yeah. Yeah, it's she just does. the way that the Arkansas like situation did, went down. Like he did that horrible was, it's hard for at Arkansas. I know. I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not anti him. I'm just pointing out that he burned some bridges. <laughs> but we're talking about Wisconsin no. right now. Okay, fair. We are. Other okay. candidates. Oh yeah. So you got Matt Campbell, um, Matt. You know the the suspects. Matt Rule, maybe Dave Doran. I think the long shot is Dave Aranda. Um, obviously, he's he was at Wisconsin before, but. He's kind of got a good thing going at Baylor. Um, Sean Lewis, if you want to get a little crazy at Kent State, I don't know if they want to go down that low, but they could. Yeah. Okay. It it seems like Leonard or Leopold, man. Yeah, and Leonard is – I wonder if the the reason they fired um, Christ this early – well, maybe a couple reasons. It could have been to – if they want Lance Leipold or or whoever Nebraska's going after, they want to be in that sweepstakes. Or they just want to give Leonard a – kind of audition here i guess which it's kind of weird to audition with a team that is underperforming like what is he supposed to do he can't change that much i guess they might just exactly play harder under him or who knows what but they did fire him uh in a good time because they get northwestern this week which they're only 10 point favorites but still you get a good chance for for a win yeah yeah and the next next couple weeks i think are pretty favorable i think they go at michigan state maybe the week after okay winnable yeah. Either way, it's as good yeah. of a spot as you could ask for. Yeah. Okay. 
Colorado fired Carl Durrell. This one way less surprising. Thoughts on yeah. this? Candidates for for this job? Yeah, I mean, he you know should have been fired the day after he was hired. Was a bad, <laughs> bad, bad hire. Hey, hey year one was good. <laughs> Somehow he had a decent COVID year, going four and two. Uh, but this year, it just absolutely the worst Power Five team, one of the worst teams in FBS. Period. Um, they've lost every game by at least three touchdowns, um, and that's five games. And some, and they've played some decent teams. There hasn't been a bad team on their schedule, but still, they stink. So it was it was inevitable, and it was just I don't know why they hired him. That was such a bad, weird move. Anyways, Eric Bieniemy, kind of his name. You know, you know, of course, the alum. That uh, that would be a pretty offensive coordinator hire. for the Chiefs. Right, right. It would seem uh, weird tr- for him to not. You'd think his next job is an NFL job. I know he hasn't yeah. got one yet. Got it. Yeah, that's pretty low to go for for him. Not I'm, nothing <laughs> against Colorado. I'm not. That's not like. <laughs> Whoa! I just, I just mean no. he's a NFL head coach. I know, seems but why like, hasn't that happened though? You know, maybe there's something. Know. There's a reason for that. It seems like his time is already coming past. But anyways, uh, Troy Calhoun from at Air Force done a great job. Brian Harson. You know, did a good job at Boise for a while. Bronco Mendenhall, Ryan Walters, I think would be solid. To, he's an alum. He he's it was he's the Illinois defense coordinator. Great, good. They need defense. So he did a great a job in Missouri too as a defense coordinator. I like yeah. Bronco Mendenhall the best of the of the names you just listed there. He's solid coach. Did a good job at BYU, which is you know in the area ish. Yeah. Uh, obviously, very good job at Virginia. So I, I think he'd have a good chance to make them at least decent. Yeah, and I, I just want to go back to the hire. Like, this is not looking at it through hindsight, but, like, I agree. None of us three, like, thought it would pan out well at all. Like, honestly, I, I don't know how the AD, Rick, the AD Rick George, like, he's lucky he has his job right now, like, after they endured that yeah. train wreck. I know it was it was a tough time. Like, Mel Tucker left so late, but... Yeah, he, he didn't still, inherit much. I, I figure you could have hired... Somebody and some good coordinator or something would have been yeah. made more sense. I mean, yeah, that that was just a terrible move. Yeah, but Marcus Arroyo, if UNLV has like kind of a dream season, he'll he'll get, his name will get thrown out to, for jobs. Maybe not Colorado, but interesting how he's turned himself around a little bit. Now I know he's got UNLV playing. He was yeah. kind of looked at so negatively. I mean, almost yeah. Even at Oregon, he was exactly yeah. Maybe it's Mario Cristobal's fault, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, uh, this one, this name, I don't know if it has been thrown out there, but I got to bring him up for everyone. Dan Mullen. I just, I think he mm, is a yeah. good coach for any non elite job. I think that'd be job. good for Colorado. Yeah, yeah. he would, he would well, make the offense good. be great for good. Colorado, but I don't think Mullen yeah. would go there. All right. Maybe not. Barry Odom. Did we say Barry Odom? No. Arkansas's DC did, did solid at Mizzou. No problem there. Yeah, that'd be fine. It's one of those jobs where there's the 50 a names. million people. You, yeah, you yeah there's list. a lot. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, let's uh, move on. Let's get to our week five takeaways. Ryan, what uh, what did you see last weekend? All right. My first takeaway. I'm going to go with uh, Alabama's kind of performance against Arkansas. It was an interesting game. Uh, Bama opened up 14 nothing there in the second quarter, and that's when Bryce Young got injured. Uh, around, around midfield on a scramble, he sprained his AC joint, not, not good landing on that shoulder. That's always a tough one. So that's, that's definitely something to look out for here in the coming weeks, right? Really the rest of the season. So Jalen Mil- Milrow had to come in. Um, he actually increased the lead to 28, nothing. 
um, before Arkansas responded. Ooh, quarterback, on a, quarterback controversy? Oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Arkansas went on a 23 nothing run to make it a five-point game, 28-23, in the beginning of the fourth quarter. So this was a game. But then Jameer Gibbs just kind of took over. He had Bama's running back. He had two 70-plus yard uh, rushing touchdowns just kind of put the game out of reach. Bama really did a good job running. They rushed for 317 yards and five touchdowns. And obviously, as soon as, um, as soon as uh, 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 Bryce Young went out, <laughs> sorry. sorry. You know as, what? Let's just pull back yeah. the curtain. Trey was yeah. holding <laughs> Trey was holding his earbud to the microphone, yeah. and I was gesturing yeah. for him to take it away. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, thought, I thought Michael I was, like, like, was trying to answer a phone call or something. What was he doing? No. Yeah, you're like pulling something out of your ear. Like, what, I, what are you trying yeah, to, trying to me, make Michael? the gesture that I wanted Trey to do? Get the we play Pictionary while we record. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I threw me off there. <laughs> Anyways, they they ran well after Bryce Young got hurt. Well, the biggest play, it was third and fifteen or whatever, uh, and they were down twenty eight twenty three. And Milro went on that like seventy yard run. If they don't get that, Arkansas gets the ball yeah. back. It was crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting how quickly that turned after that. All right. Well, the uh, initial honeymoon period for. Brent Venables is over at Oklahoma. <laughs> I am now seeing on Twitter and Oklahoma blogs the just the first negative comments since he was hired. Everything was Lincoln all positive. Yeah. No, Lincoln Riley wasn't that good though. No. Yeah. Well, Lincoln Riley left him with it, this crap team, so I don't see why. Oh right. Oh. <laughs> but uh, but no, they lost. They lost to TCU fifty-five to twenty-four. The defense gave up six hundred and sixty-eight yards. They're now zero and two in Big Could 12 Could have been play. worse. Yeah. yeah. So pressure was three is, quarters, right? They had 55 through three quarters, didn't they? Something oh, like that. that. They called I didn't even realize dogs. it was 41 at half. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. But, uh, a lot of, there's, you know, some pressure this weekend against Texas because a loss pretty much guarantees, uh, a really disappointing season for Oklahoma, possibly a seven and five type year, which is somewhat, you know, somewhat understandable given the turnover on the roster and a lot of change. But this was not a team that, you know, people still expected them to win nine or ten games. That was the the yeah. Vegas win yeah. total was, was right around. Yeah, Big Twelve favorites. So um, not I a wasn't great. On them, though. Okay, yeah, I was. but I was. I picked yeah. them to win the Big Twelve, but I was wrong. I thought they were going to be better than this. Uh, we'll see if they can turn it around, but not a great start. It's a lot of change, right? Just so much change. It's hard. Sometimes that's hard. Guess so. All right, I'm going to go to Ole Miss, Kentucky. Ole Miss pulled it out, twenty two nineteen. The Rebels, they're aggressive, man. They tried to put it away. They were going for a, uh, they were going for a touchdown on. They were up three, fourth and goal at the five, but couldn't do it. And then after that, Kentucky ended up getting the ball back twice. Went on two long drives, but both ended with Will Levis fumbles, and that cost them the game. And kind of the way the game played out encapsulates the the overall team thoughts. Like the Ole Miss defense is the best it's been under Kiffin, and. But on the other side, the passing game with Dart just can't quite get in a groove like it normally has uh, with them. But they can rely on the run game. And and Kentucky, they've got a good defense, but the o- offense you know, ended up committing untimely penalties or, or turnovers. And their run game is really bad. They're 125th in the country in yards per game. So, so now Ole Miss, man, they're in the running for the best SEC team behind Bama, Georgia. There's, there's a lot of teams in that mix, but... They have a good chance to start seven and zero. They got Vandy and Auburn at home next. Yeah, yeah I remember I, we looked at their schedule yeah. before the season, and and we talked about this soft. In, in one episode yeah. how they had a chance to start out yeah seven and zero, and here yep. here they are. They got a shot. 
That they do. All right. Uh, my next takeaway, I'm kind of going over almost almost the Big Ten West topic, but really Purdue and Minnesota, um, that, that game. We, we were, last week on our pod, we were talking about, oh, Minnesota now. They're the clear clear favorites in the Big Ten West. And then, boom, yep. they lose <laughs> right away a home game here to Purdue. Um, they couldn't do anything on offense, Minnesota. Tanner Morgan really struggled. He threw three picks. They only scored 10 points. Um, couldn't run the ball at all. Muhammad Ibrahim did not play, which was probably a pretty big factor. But still, you know, you'd think you'd be able to muster up something. Aiden O'Connell actually struggled a lot too for for Purdue. Purdue's QB. They it was just an ugly, ugly game. But the difference was Purdue ran somewhat decently. They ran for 160 yards and a couple touchdowns. So that was definitely the difference in the game. And now it just makes the Big Ten West like a cluster. You know what? Uh, it's it's one and everybody's one and one except for Wisconsin, who's 0-2. And, and it's crazy to think, like, if you had to pick one team that was going to yeah. be at the cellar, it, <laughs> it wasn't going to be Wisconsin, right? So it's, it's – I mean, they did play Ohio State, so that maybe it's a possibility. But still, that's that's crazy. It's yeah. like you Home spin day. the wheel. Like, it's going to be different every week. I, who, I, I guess I asked you guys this earlier, but who, who at this point, who would you take as the favorites in the conference? Well, in the division. I don't have the schedules in front of you. I think yeah. Minnesota Minnesota – they already they still play at Penn State, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, everyone's gonna and have Purdue, some tough games left. But Purdue I, already played Penn State, and they beat Minnesota, and don't play Ohio State or Michigan. So I, I gotta say it's Purdue. Purdue's got a good road, but they're obviously, yeah. It's uh, I guess I'd lean Purdue, but I'm not. I'm not yeah, confident. Yeah. I'll tell you know, next would, week when it changes. I would want to do some more. I would want to deep dive that one, but it does seem like it's between Minnesota and Purdue as far as who's the favorite. But Minnesota, first off, Purdue already beat Minnesota, right? Yeah. So they got that edge. They got that, yeah. And Minnesota has to play at Penn State. So I think yeah. but then there's, right a, there's, a, like, there's a chance for like a three-way tie and then there's right, tiebreakers. Right, but, but, but yeah, no, still. I would, you, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, my next takeaway is that the, the last two weeks have shown us that Georgia is clearly not unbeatable like we we may have thought after the first few weeks it seemed like they were just going to coast to an undefeated regular season and yeah there's still a good chance they go undefeated but struggled with kent state last week now really struggled against missouri they trailed the entire game until four minutes left when they scored a touchdown to take the lead they just didn't generate many explosive plays offense seems to be still searching for a, a deep threat in the receiving game they've got some injuries there so maybe that's that's a factor but offensive line for most of the game was underwhelming came through when it counted in the fourth and and that's kind of what great teams seem to do you know it's you just yeah. you can seem like you have them but you don't like they just they get yep. you in the end and and that's what happened so not going to overreact but uh but I, I would no longer have them I, w- I had moved them up to number one in my you know my private power ratings that are just in my brain but uh now nice. I've, I've, I've i don't <laughs> i've lowered them in my brain yeah and they are now, you know, kind of a dead heat with Ohio State and Bama, I guess. Right. Yep. Missouri, what killed them, too, is they had to kick so many field goals. But yeah, kicker came well, through. So he couldn't make the well, chip shot against Auburn. But I so know. Georgia's yeah. bombs Georgia against Georgia. <laughs> field goals. Yeah. Um, Georgia my next takeaway is the Aces. Too. Yes. They did. Because yes. they outgained them. I mean, they, they kind of dominated. The same thing against Kent State for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my next takeaway, though, is the ACC looks like it runs through Clemson. Um, they're yeah. not; it's elite. They're not their normal elite self. But after the way they handled NC State last weekend, they have a firm grip on the conference right now. They held Devin Leary, number ten, NC State, to 
under 300 yards, forced two two turnovers, one by 10. And NC State had only 1.6 yards per carry. You know, the Tiger, the Clemson offense, it, it leaves still a little bit to be desired, but DJU played a clean game, no turnovers. And and I guess you also have to keep in mind that NC State has a good defense, so it's not like mm-hmm. they were expected yeah. to do a whole lot. Um, there's still a lot of football left, and there'd be some tiebreaker scenarios if Clemson were to drop one. But after them beating Wake Forest and NC State now, they're, they're clearly the team to beat in the Atlantic. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, this was a big two-game stretch for them, and yeah. they, they did it. And DJU, like, he's much, yeah, he's, much better than last year. It, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. He's not a Heisman guy, but he's no. he's he's solid. No right. doubt about it. Yep. All right. Well, we'll go. I'm going to touch on the uh, team we just kind of br- touched on a little bit there was Wake Forest. Uh, they had a good game versus uh, at Florida State. Uh, you know, Wake jumped out to a, a pretty big early lead. They are up 28-7. to seven. Sam Hartman was playing really well. Uh, they were running the ball pretty well, actually, too. And then they kind of just sputtered. They, you know, this the second half, they really just kind of let FSU get back into it. Jordan Travis started really throwing the ball well, um, and he had a good game passing. Didn't really use his legs all that much. Wasn't in a hurry to do that. Um, so, but FSU kind of got back into it. They got it 28-21. At that point, Wake just re- responded with a great drive. 18 plays, 66 yards. Um, the drive lasted almost seven minutes and they ended up just getting a field goal, but that made it 10 points with a few minutes left and essentially iced the game. But is Wake Forest just, just could have pulled one that overtime game against mm-hmm. Clemson. They'd be sitting, you know, I mean, undefeated right now and looking good and yeah. playing for all the marbles, but it's just crazy how one single play like that can alter it, but they're still in it. They're still alive. Of course. You know I mean? You know, just, you know, they got that one loss. They need Clemson to lose, but they're still right there. Yeah, I was uh, watching this game at our parents' house, and Florida State scored the first touchdown. And I just I made a comment, made a comment like, "Oh man, Florida State's Florida State's good this year." And then it was yeah. four straight touchdowns from Wake Forest, <laughs> and, and our dad was yeah. like, "Wow, ever since Michael said Florida State was good, they <laughs> looked pretty bad." I was like, "Genius!" <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah, I yeah. guess maybe you know." I remember a conversation like that. I had I was we were watching a. I was coaching high school basketball. We were on a a trip in San Diego doing a Christmas tournament. And we, as a team, we all went out to dinner at like Islands restaurant and we were watching a bowl game. It was Wisconsin, I think versus Miami. I don't know oh, yeah, exactly which one. bowl game it was. Yeah. What, but or did they, they play other two, two bowl games? Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I, I take that back. I don't know which one. I don't, I think, I don't know. And, yeah. But I, ahead, I think it was the matter. orange bowl game. I'm pretty sure it was the orange bowl game. Uh, what's Miami got, out to like a very early lead maybe it was like 10 nothing and they looked great and then one of my coaches on the staff was like oh man this game's so over there just <laughs> wisconsin can't handle it. i'm like yeah, i don't know about that man just wait a second then wisconsin whooped them the rest of the game but for some reason the score 43 to 8 is coming to mind let me is does that sound right to you i'm just gonna check the score of this one well you said no, it was that what doesn't sound right that? to me oh, 43 to 8 was uh something else all right i'm checking so 35 3 was Wisconsin over Miami in the pinstripe bowl, but okay, let's nah, check. This was the, was, orange, was the bowl orange bowl. Yeah. The orange bowl was 35, 14, maybe, or oh, it was 34, 24. Okay. Okay. But what was the early jump out for, for, do you got the box score? Who, yeah, I got know? it. It was, uh, yeah, it was 14, like, three Miami, Miami. Right. Yeah. And then exactly. Okay. 
Yeah. 43 to 8 was the Seahawks Super Bowl. Oh, you're right. You're right. Over, right. The, no, you're, you're, over you're, the Broncos. Oh, you are right. I knew, that was, yeah. I knew that game sounded familiar. <laughs> Whoops. All right. Some wires wow. getting crossed in my brain. <laughs> good call. Interesting. Interesting. I'm proud of myself for pulling that one out. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. is a good one. All right. Anyway, next takeaway. Uh, there are five teams who still have a very realistic chance to win the Pac-12. Like the other, the ACC, Clemson's got a dominating lead. Like like we've yeah. said, they're yeah odds on favorite. Ohio State, of course, odds on favorite in the Big Ten. Um, SEC, Alabama, Georgia, either Alabama or Georgia. Big 12 is wide open, and Pac-12 not as wide open as the the Big 12, but a lot of teams still in it. So you got uh, Utah, of course, they blew out Oregon State this past weekend. UCLA had a, a good win against Washington on, on Friday night. They're still undefeated. USC's two and zero in conference. Oregon's playing really well. Uh, they just murdered Stanford, and Bo Nix is twelve touchdowns, one interception since that Georgia game. So, and he's yeah. running the ball great, especially this past week. So they're they're back. And then Washington, I still don't think you can count out. Of, of course, not a great uh, performance from the defense against UCLA, but but they're still in it. So I think, yeah, yeah, it's still an up for grabs conference, and it is. It is especially between be Utah, USC, and Oregon. Those three, I, 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 and UCLA. I, yeah, I think you include UCLA. Yeah, man. they've yeah. been good. I, I agree. No, I you're right. I think maybe it's it's a four right there, but that would be yeah. the order I would have it in right now. I guess Utah number one. I guess for me. Utah, then Oregon, then USC, then UCLA. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd probably agree. But with that. we're going to learn a lot this weekend. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, yes, just will. so you don't, I don't want you to beat yourself up. But Michigan has a chance in the Big Ten. I know you didn't say that Ohio State. No, was I said win, I said they were odds on. I was just you who know, did you say? Oh, I said Ohio State, State was. was odds on. Yeah, no, Michigan. I, didn't, have, I missed Michigan, the. Yeah. Sorry, I missed the the term. I thought I no, thought, it's not a yeah. lock. Michigan has a chance. Penn State has a chance, but Ohio State yeah. is odds on, meaning they're I agree minus there. something yeah. to win. Agree with that. Yep. Just making sure you don't beat yourself up after it. Michael's a tough critic on himself. So he's got to watch out for baby. <laughs> no, bro. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But I mean, if there's a uh, listener like that's like, oh, Michael thinks Michigan doesn't have any chance. Like, no, no, no. Uh, that's not what he was saying. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Shrew. All right. All um, right. I heard Shrew saying that. Our uh, patron, probably, Michigan yeah. fan. Yeah. I didn't say that. Okay. No, he wouldn't say that. Yeah. Um. All right. My last takeaway is this. This is just my opinion, but Mississippi State is good, and Texas A and M is not right now. Um, they played each other. Mike Leach got a great team in Starkville so far. Very balanced with a strong defense to match the, a strong offense. Will Rogers threw two, three touchdowns against the Aggies. He's got 19 touchdowns, three picks this year. And they went up 21-3, to coasted to a 42-24 win. They forced four A&M turnovers, put up almost 500 yards of offense on a very good A&M defense. So they're sitting at 4-1, and one, lone loss at ASU, or LSU, which not doesn't look awful right now. And that game kind of turned when they had a muff punt. So they still yes, got a, a brutal slate ahead, but great start. And then AM, man, the hundred million dollar man Jimbo, just they don't have it. They they can't move the ball consistently, which we've obviously talked about. Um A Chain's a great back, but he can't do it alone. Can't turn it over four times. And they've been fortunate like last week against Arkansas. Otherwise they'd be two and three going to Bama next week. So tough times down there in College Station. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Getting, you know, trying to put together 85 mil, you know, to just in case, just in case. <laughs> um, all right. Well, 
that's it for week five. Let's uh, move on to the trivia zone. Ooh. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is, you have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia zone. Okay, so this question comes from our friend David Moen. He had his own podcast, Trivia Rewrites, and offered to help us out with uh, weekly college football trivia questions for this trivia zone. So very nice of him. He's a great uh, question writer, so we appreciate that. Here's his first one. Kansas made its season debut in the AP poll on Sunday after beating Iowa State 14-11. to The Jayhawks are ranked for the first time since October 18th, 2009, which was the longest drought for a team currently in a Power 5 conference. First question, can you name the FBS school with the longest active AP poll drought? So this is, and it's a hint, it's a G5 school. Yeah, I figured after that comment. Uh, Okay, well, haven't been ranked for that long. This is a tough question, so I can I can give more yeah, if if you need them. But but if anyone who's always been bad for such a long time, hmm. So many of those Sunbelt schools are still kind of new, so I almost feel like it wouldn't be them. I want to say it's like a I could go Mac. I feel like it could almost be a Max. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. UNLV's what been a... pretty bad for a long time. All right, I'm just gonna jump into the hint because I need to get this going. Okay, so hint. all right. They received votes in week five of 2018 after beating Arkansas 44-17 to on the road, a game which included a fake fair catch punt return touchdown. Was this North oh, Texas? North Texas, That is yes. correct. Yes, North Texas. So North Texas started off the 1959 season 8-0 and was ranked 16th wow. before losing to Tulsa 17-6 to and dropped out of the poll for the next 62 years and... They're nice. still going. Nice. Mean green. Question number two. Can you name the Power Five school that the Power Five school that now has the longest active drought? Mm. Wow. Mm. You immediately Oof. think those no. Yeah, you know, you can't say Vanderbilt, think but they Vanderbilt. had James Franklin kind of yeah, decent years. Eight years ago. Um, <sighs> what a can't be anybody in the Big 12. They're like all shuffling and out of there. I feel like Iowa State's been in it. Kansas is now it. Kansas is so nah, It can't be Big 12. It, Big 10, maybe. Who else has been really bad in the Big 10? Rutgers, maybe? Rutgers is not Rutgers. Pretty bad for no. Yeah. Uh, Indiana had their run a couple years ago. Yeah. Maryland? Yeah. Maryland? No, they, they had that two game stretch where they probably got a couple years ago. Yeah. They probably got yeah, ranked. That's true. Um, Illinois. Illinois. That is correct. Oh, you guys, right. you guys talked right. through it and you made yourself to it. All right. So <laughs> right. Illinois started out six Since and one. Rose Bowl? Uh, it was after that. They started out six and one in 2011, and then they lost six straight to end the regular season. So, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. But hey, maybe they got a chance this year to hop back in it. You know, if they get, if they, they do. Get a couple they wins here. Yeah. This week. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, David. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Let's move on trivia. to our week six bets, and I'll start us out here with, on Friday, UNLV at San Jose State, Spartans favored seven. Big game in the West Division of the Mountain West, because Fresno State's been dealing with injuries, including Jake Hayner at quarterback, so they are vulnerable. I, I think the winner of this game arguably becomes the favorite 
in the division. And I'm going to take UNLV to cover. I think they've been every bit as good as San Jose State this year. Their quarterback, Doug Brumfield, has been a revelation, been a good dual threat. He's got one of the best receiving cores in the country, or not in the country, sorry, in the conference, in the conference. Yeah. Let's not go that far. <laughs> Maybe a little, a little much. UNLV, Ohio State, yeah. yeah, right there, right there. Neck and neck. So yeah, I'll say they can uh, hang in there and get the cover, but looking forward to, to watching that Friday night. Let's get to Saturday, and we've got a huge game here. Tennessee, minus yeah. three at LSU. What do you think, Trey? I guess before I get started, though, I do want to, Ryan, are there any turf to grass angles this week that we Ooh. need to pay attention well, to we're going game by game here so you know we that's true okay well, we'll i guess we'll get to this, that these, that's both that's these teams point. are grass so there's i'm know, saving your bullets relax. save your bullets relax. uh now lsu uh, they're much Which better game, than by the way think. worked out as the ucla washington one that worked ucla washington kind of that worked for out. your favor i don't know what other yeah, ryan you know there, what last week that you, was you prevented me from having a double lock two and oh because you 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 i was going to press the button to lock in tcu and you stopped me Oh, I did. You, you did. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Ryan's rules. Um, Not bad. But Tennessee LSU. This is a good game. LSU uh, much better than people think. But but I am going to take the Vols. Uh, in the last two weeks, Jane Daniels has left with an injury, but Brian Kelly says he's fine this week. But something to watch. Uh, we we obviously saw how Tennessee is vulnerable on defense. Anthony Richardson tossed it all over the lot on them. But I'm not sure how equipped LSU is for it since last week. They had a nice comeback win at Auburn, but they only passed for 85 yards, were outgained by over 150 yards, and that's not a great Auburn team. Certainly not Hendon Hooker, one of the best offenses in the country. Balls are getting Cedric Tillman back. They're fresh off a bye. I just, I like Tennessee, and the 11 a.m. kick might neutralize some of that home field advantage. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Hendon Hooker, just in that offense, they just have a clear, clear advantage over uh, Jaden Daniels uh, and LSU's. I, I haven't been, I know LSU there, they did beat Mississippi state, but other, the other, the games I just have not been impressed with even that game. It was just, uh, their offense is not uh, functioning that well to me. It feels just like kind of a backyard offense. That's just Jaden Daniels makes, tries to make plays when he can. And they've been relying on some good defensive play, but with hooker and his efficiency and Tennessee's, you know, kind of improved defense, I, I have to take them. They're only favorite three. Yeah, I, I'll go with them. Okay, I'm going the other way. I'm going to take LSU. Uh, if you look at ESPN's efficiency metric, LSU's been playing like a top 15 team so far this year. Um, and because this team was such an unknown entering the season, I, I place a, a decent amount of weight on their their metrics through through a few games here. So I think at home against a team with a questionable defense, I'm taking the points. Fair enough. All right, let's go with... Uh, <laughs> The Red River rivalry. We got Texas. They are favored seven against Oklahoma. Yes. So Dylan Gabriel suffered a concussion last week. So uh, seems unlikely that that he will play. Um, the backups are Davis Bevel. Tough who, week for lefty quarterbacks. Who's who else? Tua. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah for sure. Um, but anyway, backups. Davis Bevel, who did not play well against TCU. General Booty, no, great name, Juco nice. transfer, uh, and then Nick Evers, a true freshman. So I, I don't feel great about any of those options. Um, on the other side, not sure if Quinn Ewers will be back for Texas. Still waiting on that. But Hudson Card, you know, has been playing well either yeah. way. So I'm taking Texas. I, I just think they're playing well this year. The defense is way better than expected. Yes, they're three and two, but one of those two is a one point loss to, you know, arguably the top team in the country, Alabama. 
and a loss at Texas Tech where they outgained them by close to three yards per play. So I think Texas is is better than people think, a stronger team than people think. And I, I know it's I mean a rivalry game's tough to, to lay seven, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Another note on this game, it's the first time since nineteen ninety eight that neither team is ranked. So this is the crazy, only twenty years Big Twelve matchup this week which features no ranked team. <laughs> and it's it's Oklahoma yeah, Texas. The biggest one. <laughs> yeah. Um but no matter who the quarterback is for Oklahoma, they need help around them since both the running backs, Eric Gray and Marcus Major, got a little banged up last week. Two tackles, Wanya Morris and Anton Harrison also got hurt, and protection was a disaster. And then OU's defense had some injuries to the sec- to the safeties. So, I mean, they were missing a bunch of tackles, just getting shredded. I think B. John Robinson could be in store for a big game because he looked like Deuce Vaughn, Adrian Martinez, Kundre Miller. They all had big games the last couple weeks against him. I just, I like, I'm taking Texas, um, especially if Gabriel's out. I just don't think the Sooners defense and a backup quarterback can, can keep up. Man, it's pretty crazy how just a few weeks ago, you look so good demolishing Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Just like, could do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, you can get fooled. With each play, week play that Nebraska. passes, every Nebraska game yeah. looks worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. Northwestern and Oklahoma. Yeah. It's like, oh boy, not good, not good. All right. Uh, I agree with you guys. I'm taking Texas. Uh, they, they're pretty good. Like Michael said, I, I liked them going into last week, but, but unfortunately, just sometimes you lose close games. Um, I'm going to make Texas my lock, whether it's Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers. Yep. It sounded like Ewers actually had some positive things I've been hearing. I was kind of looking on Twitter, like that he actually might make a comeback for this game. But Yeah, it seemed like they were targeting this one for, for a few weeks yeah. here, so... Yeah, wouldn't surprise yeah. me. All right, moving on. We got Arkansas at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is favored nine and a half as we record. I'm going to lean with Mississippi State. KJ Jefferson's status is uncertain, um, and the line it keeps floating up kind of indicates to me that KJ might be out. But either way, the Razorbacks come in losing two in a row. They have a defense that ranks toward the towards the bottom of the country in a few stats. They give up a ton of yards. Not necessarily a great recipe going up against this leech offense with Will Rogers putting up big numbers. I'm a huge KJ Jefferson fan, so if he does play, I, I, it'd be an entertaining game to watch. But Mississippi State still, they have a, a stout defense. The Bulldogs are playing with confidence, and this actually could be kind of a coming out party for them if they were to not, you know, whip Arkansas and, and whip A and M back to back weeks. Yep, yep. All right, I'd agree with you on that. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. We got. Crazy game. Game day's going here, right? Yeah. This is nuts. Yeah. This is, I mean, we did the game day predictions earlier in this season. <laughs> Why did the we year not end. pick this one? Why? We were stupid. If for you not would have told me one, that right? this game got it, I just, I don't, I would be very confused as to how that happened. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just insane, right? Well, we got TCU, favored six and a half at sold out Kansas. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to ruin everyone's fun here. And pick the dream season to hit a little bit of a stumbling block. I'm going with TCU. Their their offense has just been insanely good this year, better than Kansas. Uh, Max Duggan, you know, ever since he was inserted after uh, Chandler Morris, Trey's went to, boy. Yep, yep. Trey's big Max Duggan guy, and man, he's he's, he's been great. Uh, one half of Chandler Morris wasn't so great at, at Colorado, and Max Duggan has has been putting up monster numbers, and. I think against a shaky Kansas defense, TCU is going to put up a ton of points. I don't think TCU's defense is as good as Iowa State that that Kansas you know struggled against last week. But yeah. 
it's massively massively improved. The secondary especially is is playing well. I think they'll make one or two more stops in Kansas, and I'm going to make TCU my lock of the week. Yep, got to burst the bubble. I'm going TCU as well. I think Kansas is a bit of a pretender. I mean, you mentioned You're that Iowa pretender. State game. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> they, they beat Iowa State last week thanks to three missed field goals. They only put up 213 yards of offense, and Jalen Daniels was 7 of 14. You know, and prior to that, they beat Duke and what is looking like now a weak West Virginia and Houston team. I mean, it's still amazing to be 5-0. and I'm not discounting that. They're definitely improved, but TCU's just better in my opinion. Joe Gillespie's defense has gotten better. I love Doug, and of course, we mentioned Kendra Miller's running the rock well. I just don't see how the Jayhawks will be able to stymie this offense. Their defense is actually 80th in success rate. I'm with you, Mike. Horn Frogs, making them my lock of the week. All right, all right. Double lock here. We are haters. Yeah, <laughs> haters. I'm going against you guys. I'm taking the, the home dog. Taking the home dog, Jayhawks. They've won. You know, yeah, last yeah. week they found a way. Iowa State just has a good defense. I have no problem with Kansas kind of struggling against them because I was there. Kansas's defense stepped up and did pretty well and darn well too and shut down yeah. Iowa State. So Kansas's improved defense will give Max Duggan at least a fight for his money there and make him earn everything. And I think Jalen Daniels will come back to life because TCU does have a pretty suspect defense overall. Um, I, I TCU is like, you know, they either ride and high, they just had a huge win, but Kansas is uh, more motive. Kansas has got the motivation. I think OU was just so, I don't know, they, everything seemed to, like a trade match with all the injuries and everything, just kind of a snowball effect for them. Everything went bad. But I like Kansas, man. I think they're still, I think they're a good team. Seven-point home dog. Well, six and a half, but. You can find sevens. Can yeah, get, it's, it's both. You can so. find There's sevens. seven out there. We'll give it to you, Ryan. <laughs> if, if this is a Thanks. shootout, whoever wins, that, that quarterback has to be right there in the, the Heisman straw holes, you know? They're both having great Can't years. Can't count them yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next game here. Purdue at Maryland. Maryland's favorite three and a half. I'm going to go with with Purdue. Take the points. I was really impressed with the way their defense shut down Minnesota last week. I know, like you mentioned, Ryan, they did have... Um, Ibrahim out. Yeah, Ibrahim out. But I think another week removed from his injury and, and going up against a much easier Maryland defense, you're going to see Aiden O'Connell have have a much better game. Uh, but this was I mean, this one was a tough one to pick because Maryland's offense has been really good. I I I just figured whoever was you know getting points here is who I was going to go with. All right, next one: Auburn at Georgia. Georgia's favored twenty nine and a half. It's just weird seeing almost a thirty point spread in the deep South's oldest rivalry. Um, Georgia, they're they're not necessarily clicking going into this one. We we talked about it earlier. Um, it's just. They've had five turnovers the past two games. The pass rush hasn't quite been there. Jalen Carter on the D-line has has been injured. But I'm guessing here that they're going to be sharp, bounce back. I'm actually going to give all these points. Auburn is minus eight in turnover margin, third worst in the country. That could continue this week. Um, Ashford's been better than TJ Finley, but I think he could struggle against this angry Georgia defense. Stetson Bennett will keep the rock, and Brock Bowers will get involved. I think Georgia wins big. You know what we could do? We could just, after we're done recording this episode here, we could just record a Auburn Fires Brian Harson video, just kind of pre-record mm. it. You know, This could be the know, week. We could just make vague references to, you know, oh, now you get blown out at Georgia. You know, it seemed like the right time to do it and just go with it. And then when that news hits, boom, we're to YouTube. We're for, how did they release it? What if, we, re- how'd they release what if a, we release it before the game? We could, we could do that. Ooh. We release it before. Yeah. Well, either way, like once the news hits, People are going to be wondering how he released a 15-minute episode two minutes after the news broke. Like, 
don't know. We're just that good. It's not. We should actually consider. It. We, we should actually consider doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Next game. Uh. I got Texas Tech at Oklahoma State, who is favored nine and a half. I like the Pokes here at home. Um, been very impressed with them. They they kind of had their first actual test, which is kind of weird for them. It's a little late in the game for your first test, but they had a bye week. Um, so it was their first test at Baylor. Spencer Sanders has been playing really well, kind of the best ball. Uh, he's played there at Oklahoma State in his time, time there. Um, defense is still pretty darn good. Um, and I think Texas Tech is kind of running on fumes actually here. Um, this will be their fifth straight game of playing a ranked team. Um, they're three and zero at home, but they're zero and two on the road. Uh, so they're just not, not the same team uh, away um, from Lubbock. So that's why I like the Pokes. They're 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 playing well. Got the good defense. They'll shut them down. Okay. Uh, by the way, now Auburn is definitely going to upset Georgia after after oh, what yeah, I said there. 100%. So. Uh, yep, next yep. game, Utah minus three and a half at UCLA. Trey. And we talked about it earlier, given how good the Pac-12 seems to be at the top, I think every week is going to have a game with major implications. Like the winner here sets themselves up well for a conference title bid. And and since the opening night crushing loss at Florida, Utah has dominated everyone, including last week, 42-16 against a pretty decent Oregon State team. I'm taking the Utes here. I like actually how Kyle Whittingham called out his team, saying the run game was way too soft against the Beavers. But you look at on the year, though, they average over 200 yards a game. The offensive line does a pretty good job, especially in pass protection. I think they're going to be able to move the ball well with rising against the Bruins defense and keep DTR somewhat in check and, and keep that offense off the field a little bit more. I disagree. I'm going with UCLA. Um, back-to-back weeks, I'm going with them. They've, You know, you talk about, okay, the run game for Utah, maybe not being the best. Well, Whittingham says that. Uh UCLA's got a good run defense this year. They're seventh in the nation in yards per rush given up. Um, so I think they'll actually be able to kind of hold their own against that that Utah offense and their offensive line in particular. Flip side, Ooh, I they played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this well, is a you know. nice little unadjusted stat with uh hey, hey, soft hey, schedule. Hey, you know. It's better than it's better than historically. Yeah. Better than being bad, right? Yeah. And they did play true. Washington, you know. That was a good offense. But passing, good passing offense, I'll give them that. <laughs> no, but they're better Stop than Hayden. they were. Stop I'll give Hayden. you that. I will give you that. Yes. Okay. I didn't say they're just going to shut them down. I said they'll <laughs> I know. hold up pretty well. I was just giving you grief. Yes, you were. All right. Uh, well, flip side though, I I think UCLA uh, with their I think they got a legit offense. DTR yeah. super that experienced. He's great. Dual threat quarterback. Zach Charbonnet at running back. He's awesome. The Duke transfer, Jake Bobo, wide receiver, has been a pleasant surprise for them. So, I, you know, I think this is going to go down the wire. Another game at home for UCLA. They look good. And, of course, my my, my former players there can't go against him. So, got to pick UCLA. Uh, yeah, they have a good offense. Yeah, I'm just like last week. I agree with you, Ryan. I'm, I'm taking plus three and a half with UCLA at home. Um, I mean, you you said it, you know, just the way they're, they've they shut down the run games of, of Bowling Green and, and <laughs> Alabama State, you and, know. Hey, and the grass. And the grass. Oh, there's a the grass factor in there? Well, this is, I mean, can I double lock this you know? now? Oh, the Utah grass lost factor. on grass. Utah lost on grass. That's the only few surface they've lost wow. on so far at Florida. So Wow. This might be you an know. underrated handicapping factor. <laughs> wow. Yep, yep, yep. I like it. All right. Oh, wow. Ohio State is favored 27 at Michigan State. 
and I mean, this game a year ago was a disaster, and that was Mich- when Michigan State was firing on all cylinders. Ohio State was up 49 nothing at halftime. But you look at it this year, Michigan State is clearly worse this year. They give up passing yards in bunches. The defense allows over 400 a game. So why would I pick them against this Ohio State offense? Just because I'm stubborn and I am. Oh. I'm taking Michigan State because I think this line might be a bit inflated. Everything seems to point to Ohio State. But Spartans, they have nothing to lose in this game. Peyton Thorne, he's been okay. Maybe you can find some of last year's form here. Maybe in the second half, the back door could be open. Um, that you know they didn't get blitzed by a good Maryland offense last week. Not saying that Maryland has Ohio State's offense by any means, but I'm just looking for positives here to support my uh, Spartans plus 27 bet. Go for it. I like it. All right, next one we got uh, North Carolina at Miami. Miami is favored three and a half. I like North Carolina here. They they have at least one side of the ball that I feel great about. Drake May is yeah exactly having, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable year, fourth yeah. in the nation in QBR, 19 touchdowns, one interception. He's a solid runner, too. And at least last week, the defense gave me something to work with. They they shut down Virginia Tech, which, you know, that's... Everybody can. Yeah, not the most impressive thing. But compared to what they had been, that is like... Oh, I know, yeah. ...playing unbelievably. So maybe they qu- aren't yeah. quite the worst in the country. Maybe they're like the 15th worst defense in the country or something. I don't know. But uh, Fair enough. And Miami, on the other hand, they're, they're struggling on both sides of the ball. It's just, it's hard for me to lay points with them right now, especially with Tyler Van Dyke struggling so much. He got benched last game. He's going to be the starter right. um, moving forward. But uh, yeah, he's, he's having a real down year. Yeah, I agree. Miami's defense will have its hands full, uh, especially after giving up all the yards to Middle Tennessee. But I am going to take the Canes here. Obviously, so much of that talk has been about benching Tyler Van Dyke. Personally, I think most of that is on Cristobal and Gaddis. Those two coaches are in my timeout box. <laughs> but but the, the talk has also been how they lost two in a row. They've had a bye week now. North Carolina's defense, I think, is the perfect one to come back to, maybe gain some confidence. I think the Canes will come out with some renewed energy and outscore the Tar Heels. Where's your timeout box for Roe, your son? No, he's never in the timeout. <laughs> no, no timeouts yet? No, not timeouts yet. <laughs> yeah. a, little, a little young for that. Little young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 months is a little. <laughs> when do, you, when, when yeah. do those start coming out? I, like, I, I asked Sarah that when, she, when, <laughs> when our daughter, Grace, was like, a month old, I'm like, when do I start disciplining her? <laughs> Just as a, yeah. as a <laughs> hey, never can start too early, right? I think, I think right. you probably can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, North Carolina for me. I agree with Michael. It's just like, my mammy's not doing anything right right now. It's, it's so hard to yeah. give more than a field goal to them when I know North Carolina can at least move the ball. So, yeah, North Carolina. All right, next up, BYU against Notre Dame in Vegas. Irish are favored three and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with with BYU plus the three and a half. I just trust Jaron Hall at quarterback more than Drew Pine on the other side. I like that BYU hopefully is, you know, getting healthier. Gunny Rom- Gunny. Gunner Romney. Gunny. Gunny. <laughs> I, call him, I call him Gunny. He's, uh, <laughs> he's back at receiver. Uh, Pookie. Kuki Nakua is is also, <laughs> also no he's not back oh, but I'm, he might be back peekaboo There's, yeah and uh, Chase Roberts might be back as well so receiving core hopefully as healthy as it's been we'll see but um, 
Notre Dame's offense put up a lot of points against North Carolina, the crappy North Carolina defense we talked about, but gets the other teams still questionable. So I, I think that yeah. I think it'll be a close one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Washington State plays at USC. Trojans are favored 13. I'm going to take Washington State here. I'll admit that the advantage USC has is that their defense, they give up a lot on the ground, but the Cougs offense isn't necessarily predicated on running the ball that much. Uh, but Wazoo, they got a strong defense under Dickert. They're going to be the best defense the Trojans have faced this year. And SC's two Pac-12 games. They've been four-quarter games. And prior to that, they obviously, we've talked about it, they've benefited from the large turnover margin. I like SC to win since Oregon was able to find ways to exploit the Wazoo defense, but I think the Cougs keep it close. Um, Cameron Ward will, has been finding his stride the past few weeks. Yeah, I like that too. I'm sure Michael does too. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Big spread. <laughs> I'm just, I'm fighting for my life here. I'm just yeah. trying to scrape by, get, get wins. I don't care if we win by yep. one. I'll, exactly. Any, any doesn't w. matter. Yep. That's the way it is. It's Pac 12, man. All right. Uh, I got Kansas State. They're favored two on the road in Ames against Iowa State. Adrian Martinez, uh, quarterback for Kansas State, has been on a running tear lately. Um, the offense is playing to his strengths. So hopefully he can keep it going, stay healthy. Um, but, you know, Iowa State, they can stop the run. Uh, just 83 yards per game allowed. Um, they're eighth in the country in that in that regard. Um, so I know Iowa State's kind of lost their last two games, um, but they were, they were really close games. Uh, a tough one that they lost at home against Baylor, solid team. And then this last week, of course, close one at Kansas. You could arguably you could say they outplayed Kansas, but just didn't pull it out. So they're right there with all these guys. I don't think there's a big gap. So going to, to Iowa State, I think it's a tough place to play. I like Iowa State, home dog, plus two, take them. Okay, Texas A&M at Alabama, I, or Irish. The Tide are favored 24. And this, I mean, this was the game we thought was going to be the game of the year before the season. I know we knew yeah. that Bama would be a significant favorite. I don't think we thought it would be this significant, but yeah. what, what yeah. do you see now, Ryan? What was the line last year's game? You know, it, it was, was like, it was like, it was like, no, it was like, I want to oh, say like 18, 17, 17 say. 16 and a half. Let me, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. But. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of this game, you know, a little dependent on Bryce Young. We don't know for sure what his status is yet, if he's going to play with that sprained AC joint or, or not. Nick Saban doesn't, I don't think they officially know. So they're kind of monitoring him, but Jalen, Jalen Milrow might have to fill in for, for, for him again. And I'm actually going to go with Texas A&M. I mean, it, maybe it's my just stupid thinking of going back to last year where A&M was not doing well and, and really at all on offense. And then all of a sudden just played Bama, got them perked up and they, they, played awesome um but i still think a&m has a tough defense they can kind of control maybe control alabama's offense especially if bryce young is out um, make this one interesting and find just enough plays on offense to keep them within 24 so i'll take uh those the the aggies here it was 18 and a half was the spread last year oh yeah see high teens yeah all right yeah they were at home that's right yeah um the spread kind of does indicate that the market thinks bryce young is playing um but man, this is a lot of points. So I am I'm with you, Ryan. I'm gonna take the Aggies. They're obviously not gonna win if it becomes an offensive game, uh, just because they can't push the ball down the field at quarterback. But I think A Chain can make some plays. And last week at Mississippi State, they were totally undone by four turnovers. You know, that could happen again, but I'm banking they won't turn it over that much here. The defense will keep them in, maybe, maybe at least force the tide to kick a few field goals instead of touchdowns. 
there is the angle of you know Saban and Bama wanting to just pummel the Aggies for revenge and the offseason comments, but yeah, say a gets amped and, and keeps it under under twenty four. I know I'm. I guess we're we're all betting against Saban here. I'm I'm going with a And M as well. I just potentially without Bryce Young, I, although like you said, Trey, maybe maybe he's likelier to play than than I think, but uh, could be a run heavy offense from Alabama. Even I guess just come, even if he does, yeah, play, even if he's coming he's off the, the, the shoulder injury, maybe they'll want to take a little easy with him and fewer possessions. Maybe maybe harder to win by a big margin. Yep. Yeah. All right. Florida State at NC State. NC State is favored three. I'll lead us off, I guess. Both coming in off of a 10-point ACC loss. Florida State lost to Wake. NC State at Clemson. Neither team, though, now can afford a, a second loss in a row in order to really be a factor later in the year. And when I look at this game, I'm going to go with the quarterback and offense that I think is playing better, and that's Jordan Travis in Florida State. Devin Leary, NC State's offense, just hasn't been able to get going this year like it did last year. Defensive end Jared Verse for Florida State played limited snaps against Wake, but he should be full throttle on the D-line this week and get after Leary. I say the Knolls keep it under a field goal or or pull out the win. I'll go the flip side. I, I like NC State. They got a really, really good defense. I think they'll give Jordan Travis a lot of trouble, maybe get a couple of picks. I, I just, I don't know, man. I just have to have my faith in Devin Leary still. I think they're going to at least somehow at some point have a a little bit of a revival of their offense based off last year. It just seems like it's inevitable to me, but maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm just going to ride with them this year and could be to my detriment, but oh well. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm I'm taking NC State as well. Just seems like Florida State is, has been, you know, banged up on on both sides of the ball and and I think it particularly on the offensive line this game it could could really come to bite them. They've, they've you know, had two guys that are out for the year. Robert Scott, their starting left tackle is questionable as of now he suited up but didn't play last game so he might not be 100 percent. i think against a really really good nc state defense this that that could be trouble so laying the points all right in our final game we have oregon minus 13 at arizona i'm taking the home dog wildcats here i could see a little late night magic over there in tucson uh jaden delora and jacob cowing are looking better and better down there in tucson the qb and wide receiver transfers they got from wazoo and utep respectively um they're averaging over 340 uh passing yards per game so uh, super high amount and uh, that's where oregon is vulnerable oregon uh, gives up quite a bit of uh, yards they give up 280 passing yards a game so i think those two cowing and delora will be able to put up numbers and to keep this one interesting so i don't i don't see oregon just running away with this one Okay, let's close out this episode with a questionable finish. Caleb Williams was squirted in the face with a water bottle by an ASU <laughs> player on the opposing sideline this past weekend. What harmless prank would you like to pull on an opposing quarterback? By the way, did you see the, the USC tweet? Yeah, because today or something. Where they, yeah, that like and a few Caleb, plays later, that guy fell. <laughs> yeah, Caleb tweeted it out as well. Yeah, a few plays later, the guy that squirted him. Caleb juked him and the guy fell into his own sideline. So that was pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, as far as a harmless prank, I don't know. I would have, uh, I'd stick something tacky on my hand and shake his throwing hand. Something mm. tacky? Like a or sticky? You know, like, like glue oh, or something. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. All right. Stick him glue. I would, uh, I would, I would, similar to the spraying water, but instead of the face, I would spray him in the crotch to make it look like he peed himself. 
And then maybe a little, <laughs> if we're on grass, if we're on grass, like Ryan, like maybe, maybe some, if it's a rain, some mud on the butt, make it look like it pooped, Ooh, yeah, pooped yeah, himself. Yeah. Like yeah. DK Metcalf. Yeah. Hey, yeah. peeing your pants is cool. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay, Billy. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, I'll say I would just put a kick, you know, instead of the kick me sign on his back, I'll say a sack me sign on his back nice and just hopefully somebody would randomly sack him <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> at FanDuel, ohio state alabama and georgia all currently have the exact same odds to win the national title plus 200 if you had to bet one of those who would you take um i'm gonna take georgia i know their last two games haven't been super impressive but i think they they have dominated those games statistically just not in turnovers and then finishing drives field goals so they've been getting a lot of field goals so bama question marks for me with bryce young ohio state still not quite sold on their their defense Mm -hmm. they haven't really played a good offense yet so i'll go georgia okay i'm gonna take ohio state i I just think once jackson smith and jigba is back healthy i think they have that elite receiving core that we've seen make the difference in in playoff type games and just expect the defense to, to get better as the season wears on. Yeah, and this is a slightly different question than who I think is best, since they all have kind of True. different paths to get Good there. point. So that's why I'm going Ohio State, because Bama and Georgia arguably are probably going to have to play each other, and they have maybe some tougher games. Ohio State, they have Penn State and Mich- home to Michigan, but they're going to be favored in both. I think that offense can keep them in, and uh, I would take Ohio State. Trey, you just you one-upped me. You made the best point to take Ohio State. All right, let's move on to... I'm going to edit that out and make it sound like I said it. Upset special. <laughs> Got to pick a 7-plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going to take Texas Tech to win as a 9.5 point underdog at Oklahoma State, going against Ryan there. I think this will be the, the best offense Oklahoma State's defense has faced, and maybe maybe we'll, we'll see just uh, you know how far the defense has fallen. They're still very good, but... Maybe Donovan Smith can expose them. I wouldn't totally expect that. But we've seen what Donovan Smith is capable of when he takes care of the ball. They were able to upset Texas. The other games, it's been a pick fest, but hopefully he can avoid that and get a Moneyline winner. Yep. Ryan, did you? I just realized this. Did you pick a lock? No. <laughs> oh, I forgot you to forgot to do my a lock. lock. I forgot to I was say like, it. Look at no, no, I did. I, did. I thought I did. early I did. it was uh, Texas. Texas. Ah, the long That's horns. Right. That's right. I, th- I just did it. Just yeah. right. My soundboard isn't working, I, so I wasn't live. I wasn't yeah, able to I play it. it. So, yeah. That's yeah. all right. Um, okay, yeah. back to the upset. I hit it last week with uh, Rice was getting 10 over UAB. I'm somehow hitting my upset. Oh, yeah. Rice is Rice was yeah, Rice pretty like, good. Improved. Um I'm going to take Washington State getting 13 against the Trojans. Oh, um, Michael likes you know, like I mentioned, they USC was in a dogfight in Corvallis, lucky to get the win there. ASU even kind of played them tough, you know, yeah. without Herm Edwards last week. They it was, they made it at least made them sweat a little bit in the fourth quarter. So I think the Cougs are a little bit better and and they can they could scare them in the Coliseum. All right. Uh, I'm going to take another 13-point spread Pac-12 game. I'm going to take uh, Arizona. They're getting that 13 versus Oregon. Good old passing attack. Uh, they could uh, catch Oregon there and, and Tucson, pass it all over them. Why not? Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. 
If you haven't already, be sure to go to Spotify and leave us a five-star rating there. I don't know. I looked at our rating recently there, and it was not as high as I would like. Maybe I just... I I know. It was like, what? We're so used to having that 4.9 on Apple Podcasts, thinking we're golden. Everybody loves us. I go over to Spotify. They hate us, guys. They absolutely hate us. No, I don't know what it, I'm appalled. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what they hate me. Maybe yeah, good point. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's just me. <laughs> oh shoot! Now, now I'm not going to sleep well after that one, Ryan. But uh, <laughs> go leave us a five star <laughs> review there. Help us feel better, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media. Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.